Hi and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host Ali Murtada, and today I'm joined by the published author Ben Laham. Make sure to check out her book Enigma that is available on Amazon. And thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So hi Ben and welcome on Up Next. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking. That's amazing. I am so excited to have you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to have you on. So why don't we start off this episode by leaving the floor to you to tell us a bit more about yourself and your book Enigma. Thank you. Uh, so obviously, as mentioned, my name is Ban Laham. I'm 20 years old, currently studying law in England. But uh, ever since I was a kid, I had a passion for, let's say, writing. And I haven't stopped writing since then. And somehow, I managed to turn that dream into reality and publish my own book. Wow. So you've been writing since you were a child. So this wasn't just something that happened like when you started school or anything. No, I've been writing since a very young age. And some teachers at school like uh, noticed that I write a lot and asked me to continue writing. So I kept a journal throughout my entire high school years. So what would you say writing is to you? Because you've been doing it for so long now. Um, it's the only thing that calms me down. Like it's an outlet for whatever anger, any kind of emotion. It's just the only outlet I can use. Wow. I mean, do you just use it whenever you're feeling down or something like going through something emotionally is writing like an outlet for you to just escape reality in a sense? In a sense, yes. But, uh, often people don't talk about this, but in order for you to write about something, you have to go through a lot of stages. It's just like when you go through something, you're not ready to talk about it to anyone. It's the same with writing. Because when you write, you're literally putting your story on paper and it's up for everyone to read. So it's just a major step for you to take in order for you to let out whatever you're feeling or be honest of yourself, most importantly. Yeah, I mean, your book is 170-something pages, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you probably let out a lot of stuff then. Yes, yes, very much. But it's not really like it's not really long. It's poetry, so there, there, some of them are long, some of them are short, and uh, actually, some of them, literally, some pages in the book are since I wrote them when I was like twelve. So wow. yeah, like I didn't leave anything out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because this is something that I was meaning to ask, right? You're only twenty years old, like you were saying, and a lot of published authors kind of write their own books in the very latter stages of their lives or their careers you know they've they talk about whatever they did in their work or in their profession or kind of the experiences that they went uh, they, they went to throughout their entire life but why do you think in your case you started out as early as you did and you wrote your book at such a young age honestly i feel like in this society we all we're also afraid of we're also afraid of being who we are talking about what we feel and so on because I'm pretty sure you can relate, but in this society, we all have these expectations of who we're supposed to be, what we're meant to be, what are we supposed to study from our parents, from our friends, from everyone around us. So I feel like if I don't do this now, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to do it. If I don't go against the odds, then I'm never going to do it. And I'm not the only one. I'm pretty sure we all have voices that need to be heard. So if Definitely. not now, then when? I mean, that is one hell of an answer. And, you know, did you, you started out writing at a very young age, but did you ever see yourself writing the full book? Um, honestly, no. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. It was always a dream, but I never thought I had it in me to actually publish what I write or publish what I feel because at the end of the day, there's so much exposure to who I am, to what I've been through, to what I do, and so many other things. So not only me, it's my friends as well because a lot of my friends ask me to, can you write this about the situation and so on. So it's a lot of exposure to people I know, to people I don't know. So the fact that I did this is a very big step for me. But even when I was, even when my publisher was texting, she's like, ban the books, the book's going to be published in an hour. I'm just like, no, I didn't know. I'm not ready. <laughs> like, I'm actually not ready. And how did it feel, you know, knowing that it's all out there for people to read? Uh, I was terrified, honestly, terrified, because although a lot of my friends know everything about me, but uh, like with all... You know, with all of my heart, I tell you, this is my heart and soul spilled into ink for every single person to read, to know, to see. It's a lot of exposure for one human being, you know. And, you know, were you worried about people maybe having a misconception about you or maybe being judged? Um, that is actually something I'm still worried about right now. But at the end of the day, as I told you, if I'm too afraid to be who I am and to use the voice that I have to speak then I'm never going to get anywhere in life, especially in my career. I study law. <laughs> like, if I don't put myself out there, I'm never going to get anywhere in life. And, I, like, at the end of the day, people will always talk, no matter what you do, no matter what you are, no matter how good you are, people will always talk. So why would I let it stop me now? Definitely. I mean, people always talk whether it's good or bad or mediocre. I mean, talk is the cheapest commodity out there. Facts. And, you know, speaking of your book, your book is a collection of poetry and prose. Yes. So why don't you tell us about your book? Like, if I'm about to start reading it from cover to cover, what should I expect? You should expect a lot of pain, honestly. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there is no there is no happy ending, obviously, because it's not an ending. But at the end of the day, these are my experiences. These are my friends' experiences. This is everything I have ever been through, everything that my friends have ever been through put into a book. This is about self-harm, depression, uh, religion, society. Everything you can think of is put into this book. It's, and most importantly, I wouldn't have gone through with speaking to a publishing company if I didn't feel like I have reached the stage of complete growth, if you know what I mean. Most importantly, that book is me realizing that... At the end of the day, not everything's going to be socially acceptable. And at the end of the day, there are things that are going to be pushing me back, such as cultures, traditions, religion, and so on. But the book is mainly about all of these things and how I've come to accept and realize that these things may never change, honestly. Do you think a part of you wanted to write it and publish it out there just so people that were in a similar position to you or people that felt the same way could relate to it and feel that they're not an outcast? Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Right, that has been the sole purpose of me writing the entire time, honestly, because there are so many things we go through in life where we feel like we're alone or even if we've seen someone been through the same situation, we, we don't have the words, we don't have... We don't acknowledge what we're feeling or the emotions we're feeling and we don't recognize them. So when you go out there and when you read something you can relate to, you're just like, okay, I understand this. I feel this. And I appreciate that there's someone out there that understands what I'm going through and relates to what I'm going through. And at the end of the day, 
my audience is not big. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not large whatsoever. So everyone reading it is someone that can personally come and talk to me. And I've had so many people come and talk to me about the experiences they've been through that, that are very much similar to what I've been through. And to, to this day, there are people I don't know that I still talk to and they still talk to me regarding the situation and what they're feeling and so on. And honestly, I can't ask for more. If it's one person or two people, then it's more than enough. Definitely. I mean, people can't, I don't think people understand the wealth that is created when you tap into someone's life and benefit them because you didn't have all of the money in the world. But then when you die, you're not going to be buried with that. Fuck. But then when you in somehow added value to someone's life or help them one day, they or the people that they pass this on can remember it and kind of keep your memory alive in that sense. And especially the topics that you talk about, because it's complete. I mean, especially in the region, a lot yeah. of people barely talk about it. And it's insane because statistically, we are the region that suffers from this the most. Exactly. And our cultures suffer from it the most, but people don't speak about it at all. It's as if you kind of avoid, so, you know, when you completely neglect something, as if it's going to ha- disappear. But I don't think it's people neglecting it. I feel like we live in a generation, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be as transparent as possible. We live in a generation where if you speak, you are silenced. If you dare to speak something that goes against what the majority believes in, you are silenced from your parents and from your friends and from everyone. You can expect to be by your side. And Definitely. that's the sad reality of it. And you know, speaking of your parents and the people around you, what were their reactions when you told them about the book and what you were going to write about? Honestly, I haven't told anyone. Like, what, I'll tell you the process from the beginning. Um, I didn't tell my parents what I'm going to write about. I have an Instagram page and it's very filtered out as to what I post and so on because I have a lot of, like, age. My followers are from very different ages. I have my cousins, which are from ranging from 10 years old to 20 years old. So you have to be very careful of what you post. So I didn't tell anyone about it. Uh, the seven months of me publishing were the process the, throughout the seven months, the only people that knew were my family. Absolutely. So one week before publishing it, I told the closest of my friends and so on. But I really didn't want to tell anyone about anything. I just wanted to do this for myself and then just let it be, you know. So up until that time, there was no absolutely no one that knew except for my parents, my family, actually, <laughs> my siblings as well. Do you, do you think you didn't want to share it because you didn't want anyone giving their input or you know something or telling you maybe not to do it or kind of divert you from a direction that you didn't want to go to 100 percent, 100 percent. but also i felt like if i do tell people there's gonna be a major setback for me personally and emotionally because i'm gonna be even more afraid of their expectations towards the book which oh. still exists obviously but I mean, it's out there right now. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, there's no taking, there's no taking it back. And, you know, you were talking about all of this. And in the book, you mentioned a lot of the trauma that you went through and everything that you went through. So how was it like reliving all of that for seven months and writing it all down in paper? Because you got to remember every tiny detail. I feel like, for me personally, I don't... Okay, no, I write. And then when I accept the situation I've been in and get over it, I write again. So I feel like to everything I've written, there was a closing poem for it. So even though I was living living it all over again, it's it's something that, that I've already accepted within me, if that makes any sense. 
and what did you exactly like write about because this seems so interesting but if it's okay with you can you like talk a bit more about what you wrote about um honestly mainly i did write about religion honestly i'm not gonna lie uh religion cultures traditions and the main point of the entire book was about love not just in relationships it was about love and world love in the world love in between parents between siblings between us as humans the love you give to strangers and how important love is in the world honestly like i feel like we all neglect how important a simple smile to someone you don't even know is or just helping an old man just walk across the streets like these are things we don't talk about these are things that we neglect so much because at the end of the day we're also traumatized about what we've been through that we don't understand and we don't acknowledge that there are people that have had it worse than us and the only way we can help them and expect them to help us is just simple acts of kindness honestly definitely i mean i am the biggest um advocate for empathy and living through empathy because you know when you go through a lot of stuff and when you realize the impact that it can have of you on you and then you kind of when you adopt the mentality of being in someone's shoe so for example someone might have been clumsy in their work but then you think okay when two years ago i was so depressed i was at rock bottom maybe that person is going through something similar exactly maybe that person just had the worst day of their lives so when you a start of thinking before you even say anything to anyone when you start thinking what they could have gone through that day or in that workspace or anything you will completely redefine your way at just saying hi you will be much more empathetic and sympathetic you become understanding to people's situations and honestly that helps in so many different ways because it lowers your chances of being angry at the situation i mean i i personally realized this i think like around three four years back when I was eating with someone that I had, uh, so four years ago, I was very fat. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna say chubby, but I was just straight out fat. And I was very insecure. So the way I dealt with it was by taking my insecurity out on others. So it was kind of this um, defense of before you attack me, I'm gonna attack you, exactly. Yes. You know, so I would always build up kind of, um, I would judge everyone in a sense, and I would build up like a profile on them. So I've seen you for like 15 minutes, or I see you every day at school, I built a profile on you. And in my head, that was who you are. And then I was eating with this person and I realized that it's the complete opposite. Like this person was a living encyclopedia with 10,000 of like thousands of pages of everything that they've been through. And I was so wrong. I wasn't even like 0.01% correct. And then it made me think, okay, well, imagine this is just one person, right? When I was 16, imagine everyone in life. Imagine everyone went through something. Everyone is going through something. The same way you struggled, others struggled. So when you start thinking of this, like why people acted that way, or, you know, a situation that you were saying that would have made you angry, but then you start understanding, okay, maybe that person is going through something and they don't want to talk about it. And if I shout at them because they messed up, then I'm only making it worse, you know? I can understand where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, this is all part of life. This is all part of the most important part of it is being put in a situation where you act wrongly or where you affect someone in a bad situation and then you learn from it and maybe you're put in the same situation once or twice or three times. That's how it goes. This is something my mother keeps saying. You take once, you take, let's say, 10 steps forward. No, sorry. (laughs) 10 steps back and one step forward. And the same goes on and on. And then the next 10 times, you take nine back and one forward until it goes all over again. And that's how it goes. That's how we grow as individuals. 
I mean, this is life, yeah. This is life. This is how we grow as individuals. It's always, there's always going to be something pushing us back from who we are, what we're meant to be. And we're always going to question our emotions and what we feel. And it's literally just up to us, whether we let it affect us in a good way or a bad way, let us destroy us or grow, grow make us grow. Exactly. I mean, after something puts you down, you can choose to just stay there and stay back these 10 steps, like you were saying, or just take that one step forward, regardless of how small or incremental right. it might seem. That one step would literally just take you later on, it will take you a thousand more steps. That's 100% right. And, you know, I want to ask, so growing up and having all these thoughts and then later on growing and expressing them in a book, do you think your experience would have been different if you weren't in this region or if you didn't grow up in this, grow up in this region? Uh, honestly, 100%. I feel like if I had the chance to speak up more about the way I perceive, perceive things, about the way I think, about the way I understand things, my mentality wouldn't have been different, but I feel like I would have grown more as a person way before than I did now, honestly. 100%. And especially just here, uh, speaking up isn't, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it as a, you know, an attack on a country, but, or like uh, even the region itself, but in it's within our communities. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Within our communities, it's very socially embedded that, you know, talking up, like speaking up or saying that this isn't okay with you, or, you know, that you're given the norm or you're born, this is your life step one to 100 and you disagreed with it. It's kind of, you're considered an outcast. And the thing is, a lot of people feel that way. But then they also feel as outcast individually. Of course. And, and you know, I've seen this around growing up and I've seen this especially moving from Egypt to here. With the more that people speak up, the more you realize that, you know, you're not an outcast. If anything, is the complete opposite. You are just a part of this huge society that doesn't even know that it exists. You know, you can have like people that are your best friends for seven years, like in my case, and not knowing that they felt the same way because we live trying to bury these feelings or like trying to because bury our perspectives. How, that's how we're raised. One issue I still struggle with, especially after I moved here. In our region, in our cultures and traditions, there are so many expectations to how a man should be, to how a woman should behave. And these are things like, it's not just in the country, it's, it's our region, it's the society itself. These are things that I can't ever accept, honestly, like, I can't. We are absolutely forced in some areas to oppress ourselves and the way we feel, to act in a way that is the absolute opposite of who we are. It's like they give you the green light to go for it, act the way you are, but the second you do, you're done. This is so incredibly true, especially the part they said earlier about like how a man should be and how a woman should be. I mean, you have no idea how many times I've been told like a man shouldn't cry, uh, a man shouldn't do this, you know, uh, you know, stuff That's like that. So and it's the thing is, people don't realize the impact it could have on you. Like as a kid, I struggled so much, literally finding out who I am. I, I kind of had an identity crisis because I'm a very emotional person, right? Like if I'm about to get wrong. into a fight, exactly. If I'm about to get in a fight with someone, I literally would start to tearing <laughs> up, even though like I could beat them up. But still, I don't know, that's yeah. how my, like, my body works. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, if I lose like a match in football, just I'm very passionate about that. For example, I could literally cry. 
but then you know growing up people told me why are you crying like it was accepted till i was seven and then it wasn't like oh i was told God. once in a funeral why are you crying you shouldn't cry like oh my just let me have this you know um that's something i think is gonna take a lot to change especially and i feel you because especially with men there is this mentality that men should be strong men should not cry men should not feel which is the complete opposite how do you expect a man to become the man of a family if he doesn't acknowledge his emotions if he doesn't acknowledge his significant other's emotions his children he has to emphasize with them and these are all things that if you neglect honestly if you neglect do you see the do you see I'm not going to talk about males do you see the people the, the friends you meet that are so uptight because the second they speak up they're so afraid of what's going to happen now what are they going to think of me what are they going to do to me what this is so unacceptable and this is something i can't stress enough because it actually is one of the very few topics that can trigger me create like crazy honestly yeah i truly agree more with you because this is i mean it still amazes me how these like these kind of stigmas have existed for hundreds and hundreds of years and with all of the evolution in the world and every like every single new thing that we're adopting for some reason we seem to be very i mean held up to them although like it's one thing to be conservative right it's very normal to be conservative with religion or even with culture because you know it's important that we understand their history and we understand their culture but it's not important that we relive the exact same way our grandparents did 100 years ago or 50 years ago because there is change you know i mean if you use exactly like 10,000 years ago people were running around with spears hunting animals and living you know i mean okay this is my culture i want to adapt to that culture let me go around killing people this isn't how the world works you have to adapt to it i agree with you this is actually one thing i speak about in my book change is the only thing that is constant in our lives and you either adapt to it or you're just gone <laughs> literally <laughs> like I mean, change is the only constant in life. I think I always say this, change and death are the only two things that are certain in life. Exactly. I mean, you can have everything go right in your way, but change will come, be it good or better. And you should always keep an open mind to it. And especially on the topic of adapting to cultures and everything. um, One of the reasons that I love this podcast and I love what I do is because every single time I have bring someone on, they're they're always young and they always have these ideas that they're implementing. And it's amazing to see that they also are speaking up out about this this these stigmas and they're speaking about about them, which kind of gives me hope that our generation will generally eliminate this. Eventually, after eventually. Yeah, I mean, it cha- uh, I was I was, t- I was talking to Saeed on the last episode about this, and he described it as the cath- so there's this cathedral in Italy, and yeah. it took I think around six hundred years to build. So the people that started the construction, they knew that it was gonna it was gonna be nowhere near finished, not even ten percent by the time they and their grandchildren died. But they still went on every day and they built it. They still went and put the structures and the foundation. So I think this is what our generation should be aware of. We are laying the foundations. And, you know, if there is a planet after 100 years, these foundations will be used and adopted by the generations to come. That's a fact. Now I want to talk to you about, you know, the writing process and everything. How did it feel like for you to see the pages and the entire book when it was all done and dusted after like seven months of hard work? 
very emotional, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I remember when I first got the news that, uh, the publish that the publisher wants to like publish me and everything, I cried for an hour. And then I went to my parents, I'm like, oh, guess what, this is happening. <laughs> And then no one believed it. I think it took so long in order to figure out the name of a book, which my sister actually helped me in. And obviously before I sent it, I had to proofread it a lot, a lot, because I really didn't want to take that long. Like usually books take like a year and a half to be published. Mine took seven months. The, the editor really didn't change much, but um, it was very surreal and overwhelming. Like when I first got the first copy, I. I literally gathered my entire family and I just broke down. I'm just like, guys, this is me. This is my name. These are my words. I just bawled my eyes out, eyes out literally. I mean, honestly, I so I when I write like a 20 page essay for uni, <laughs> it is the most satisfying thing in the world. So I can't even imagine what you're going through. Like to me, there's nothing more satisfying than deleting the file after I submit it. Okay, no, I, I don't, directly I delete, delete it. If I write it, I burn it. No, no I have no, to kind of get my revenge on it. <laughs> no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm I'm trying, no, for some reason, I have this mentality of always like damaging the uh, like my notes or anything for the semester. Like the day after the exams, I just have to like either rip them or just I don't know. I just but why you're gonna just, need them later on? I I mean I realized that later, so I just <laughs> like if they're <laughs> if they're on like my laptop, I just move them to a hard drive. I just can't see them in front of me or know that they're in the room. Just you're like traumatized. the pain that they brought me. Yeah, you're exactly. in AUS. Yeah. Okay, I can understand the trauma after every course. It's just something that you gotta get out of the way, like to me, I feel at least. Because I, I don't think I wanna work with what I'm studying. Because I don't even know what I wanna work in. So I'm studying economics and INS, international studies. And I kind of don't even know what I wanna do in life. So I just chose the two broadest things ever. <laughs> to give me a kind of a general understanding yeah i mean i'm just getting the general understanding of how the world works you know that you got the economy markets and all of that and then at the same time you got philosophy political science and all the stuff that i read dating because you have three 200 pages a week i can't relate (laughs) and you know back to the book i'm sure writing a book from cover to cover is incredibly challenging so what were some of the challenges and obstacles that you faced along your way um honestly the biggest one was being told um that's never gonna happen was being told that um yeah you're right but you're not good enough uh you're right but where is it gonna take you like all of these things actually get to your head i've never been the type of person to let what people say get to my head but like if you have someone reading something you wrote right in front of you and telling you oh this is not good this is not enough that's something I'm going to struggle with, you know, because even when I published the book, I was still thinking, what if it's not enough? What if it's not relatable? What if people don't like it? What if it doesn't sell? There were so many challenges, but like at the end of the day, they're just minor challenges I had to put aside in order to eventually get what I want, which was my book. And how did you deal with people telling you it's not good enough? Because I'm sure this is something that a lot of people go through. So this is something that people can definitely benefit from. Um, at the beginning, I think I let it get to me and I stopped writing for a while, but then eventually, um, I'm like, no, I'm not going to let what people say get to me. Like my mother did not raise a woman that's going to give up this easily, honestly. (laughs) So I just kept working on myself. I kept writing. I created, um, 
almost four years ago, I created the schedule for me, which was to read a chapter a day and then to write for two hours a day, creative writing. So I did that for almost a few months. And afterwards, I've been writing ever since. And honestly, I did progress a lot. And the more you write, the more you have a technique with the way with which you write, basically. Yeah. And does that mean that you have a, a few books down in the pipeline? Or are there future books that we should look out for? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not anytime soon. If you were to write another book, what would you talk about in that book? I feel like the, first, the, the book I just published is more about, you know, love and so on. I feel like the next book would be about society and change, honestly. And is it going to be a long book? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the injustice we see in this world on a daily basis. Especially now that it's being highlighted everywhere we look, it's always there. It's You can just see it. I mean, Will Smith said this and every single ins- person on Instagram shared it, but I mean, it's one thing for, it's been happening for centuries, but now it's actually being on film and it's being shared for everyone exactly. to see it. What's the difference? Definitely. And you know, another thing that people can learn from other than challenges is mistakes. So what is a mistake that you did throughout your writing process or with the whole publishing of a book that you think people can learn from? Um, I feel like I was too afraid of what the outcome would be and what people would think of the outcome. That I removed some of my poetry and I didn't include it in the book. I feel like that's something I do 100% regret now. But... um, Next book, inshallah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, not a lot of people can say that they published the book at the age of 20. Especially with this generation, there are a lot of people that are young and experimenting with writing and blogging. Because now it's very easy to do. You know, you can just create a, yeah. a blog or website and then share your thoughts out there and people will read it. So what would your advice be to people like that that are just starting out and they want to take it to the next level like you did? I feel like I started out for eight years. I've had my blog for eight years? No, seven years. I've had my blog for seven years. Uh, I didn't tell anyone about it, actually. It was just for some random people. (laughs) Uh, Somehow I still got views. But um, I created a blog. And then after a while, I'm just like, let me take this a step further. I created an Instagram page. Let me take this a step further. I started, um, I put this post up once, like, uh, if you ever want to talk or something like that, like, you know who to go to. And then from there, I got a larger audience and random people would start talking to me about self-harm, suicide, uh, relationship problems, family problems, and so on. And from there, those friends expanded me to their friends and so on. So I feel like if you're going to start up, don't let the silly things that pushed me back push you back because they're not worth it at the end of the day. Like... Now I realize that as long as I'm helping one person, then that's more than enough for me, honestly. Definitely. So if you want to go for it, then please do go for it and let me know because I'm going to be the first one to support you. <laughs> and, you know, you it took you seven months to write this, so it was quite the process. You know, so what are a few things that you wish you had known before you started? So uh, honestly, I wish I knew that um, at the end of the day, whatever I do right and whatever that comes out of me emotionally is going to be more than enough, honestly. And I wish I knew that the process is very much draining. It's nerve-wracking. Every word you write, is this enough? Is this right? Are people going to understand it this way or are they going to understand it that way? Or 
there are so many things that I put, that I thought about so much before writing the book, and I wish I didn't. Because, like, if you end up reading it, some of the longer poems, you, can, you, you read it once, you understand it in one way. You read it twice, you understand it in a different way. And that's something I tried to do with a lot of the poems, and I wish I hadn't done that. Because I, I, you know, later on, I understand that I under, understood that regardless who's reading it, they're just going to understand it in a different way. Definitely. Now, you know, as we sign off, I want to ask you a question that is probably my favorite question to ask because there's, abs- there's never two answers that are the same. Okay. As Ben Laham, how do you define success? Uh, my family being proud of me, honestly. And eventually me being able to give my parents half of what they gave me. That's what I live for. Nothing wow. more, nothing less. Well, on that note, thank you so much once again for joining me and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out. <laughs>